be patient because everything is going to be okay. Hey everyone, and welcome to Sports Artie Snippets. I'm Liz Waluka, a registered dietitian and board certified specialist in sports dietetics. Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you a sports dietitian guest that will share advice, insight, and rewards of the profession. Snippets of their own career path to becoming a sports RD. Hey everyone, welcome back to Sports RD Snippets. I'm super excited to have Riley Beatty today on the podcast. We are talking all about how to stand out when applying to the dietetic internship, confidence tips as an early sports RD, and how to reach your audience on social media. Riley has an incredible journey to becoming a sports dietitian that will remind you to stay patient and trust the process. Riley Beatty is a registered dietitian and board certified specialist in sports dietetics located in Los Angeles, California. Riley is currently the Director of Performance Nutrition at UCLA, where she oversees sports nutrition operations, a team of dietitians, and provides nutrition support for soccer, baseball, softball, gymnastics, water polo, and golf. Originally from North Carolina, Riley attended NC State University, where she was a four-year member of the women's soccer team and completed her dual bachelor's degree in nutrition science and human biology. After graduating from undergrad in 2014, Riley moved to the greater Los Angeles area and began to pursue her career in sports nutrition. After completing the dual master's program from San Diego State University, Riley went through the UNLV dietetic internship. After completion of the internship and becoming a dietitian in 2017, she began her career as a sports dietitian at California State University Northridge and later began at UCLA where she is today. In her free time, Riley runs a private practice, Riley Beatty Sports Nutrition, where she specializes in fueling elite soccer players worldwide. You can find her at riley.beatty.rd on Instagram or LinkedIn. Let's jump in and let's meet Riley. Hey, Riley, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Liz. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. How's how's life in LA treating you? It is good. Um, I guess as good as 2020 can be. I would say it's um, been an interesting year and um, we're kind of in the hotbed of it right now in LA. I know. I was thinking about, I don't know. I think it's so crazy because it's like we want 2021 to be like this new year. and But I think we're also acknowledging that like 2020 is also merging into 2021. But yeah, I think it definitely, it's going to get better. It, it has to, right? And we're going to come back out of this and we're going to be stronger and we're going to be better. Um, I also think, I would say like maybe we're kind of lucky in LA because we've just been locked down for eight, like nine months. So it's just kind of our normal now. Like we've all adjusted. Um, I can't even imagine like eating inside a restaurant right now. Like it's just it's not happening here in LA. <laughs> yes, better days ahead. Um, I like to start these episodes off with how we know each other. So I'm excited for this one because I was just talking to Riley and like, she's like the first guest that I've had that I don't know personally, but I feel like I know her from Instagram, which I'm sure everyone's laughing because I feel like a lot of people feel like they know you, but yeah, so we do have the UCLA connection. Um, Yes. I did intern there and Riley works there and Riley just passed her CSSD exam. How does it feel? Woohoo! really good actually I was really stressed out about it um and yeah yeah um it was it's definitely like a nice like milestone to hit um but I was I was pretty stressed out about it but I was able to connect with a lot of other like dietitians on social and we had a little study group going on and it was great to have that support from them that's so fun yeah no I think like you know, for the RD exam and for the CSSD, obviously they're totally different exams and CSSD feels like 300 times better. But like, I think like, I mean, everyone's so nervous. How can you not be before you take those tests? But I think like a great reminder before you take those tests, I don't know if this has helped you, but like you cannot take those tests unless you are qualified to take those tests. And like, I think I thought of that like a good week before I took my CSSD like a few years ago. And like, it's so true. Like you can't sign up for these tests if you're not prepared. So that helps anyone with confidence. Like, you know, you don't put on all this time in if, you know, you're not ready to take it. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. 
when you are like out there and you're practicing in the field, like you're going, you're going to be okay. Like these are questions and these are things that pop up all the time. Um, I totally agree. The challenging thing was though, probably the most challenging thing was I had to wear a mask the entire time and it fogged my glasses. So that was hard. Um, COVID memories. Yes, COVID memories. Hopefully in five years when you have to take it again, you will not be wearing a mask. Cross your fingers. (sighs) Amazing. All right, so let's jump in. Can you take us through your career path up until this point where you started and where you are today? Yeah, Um, listening to your kind of like your path, I think it's going to be kind of funny because I feel like we've missed each other and we've been so close to overlapping so many times. I love it. Um, But I guess we can kind of start off. Um, I have always loved sports. Um, Growing up, like all I wanted to do was play soccer, like beat the boys at anything I could do. And then also like eat ice cream. Like that was all I wanted to do when I was younger. Um, I played about like I name a sport. I probably played it growing up. Um, But soccer is kind of the one that stuck. And My goal was to play at the college level. Um, When I was 16, I actually committed to the University of Georgia. And it's pretty crazy to think that I knew where I was going to college before I could drive. Um, Probably not really good for my ego as a a 16 year old, but um, that's, you know, that was my goal. That was what I was focused on. Um, School wasn't really something, like I enjoyed school, but it wasn't really like my goal. My goal was to play soccer. Um, I actually remember sitting with my dad in his office and him being like, Hey, you like food? Like, do you want to get a nutrition degree? And I was like, sure, let's do it. Like, that sounds fun. Like, well, I get to eat in class. Like, that's what I was. Yeah. Yes, on. you will get to eat in class. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you will. Um, yeah. So fast forward a couple of years, I start my playing career at Georgia. Um, unfortunately I actually was injured the summer before, um, and I, spent the first fall of my freshman year um, injured. Um, I did a ton of stuff to my ankle. I won't bore you with all of it, but um, I remember, you know, not being able to play. I ended up redshirting my freshman fall. And during this period of time, I also started to kind of get into school. So I started to finally take those like science classes and different things like that. Um, And due to some coaching changes, not being able to play, I decided to transfer. And I ended up transferring to NC State. So um, originally from North Carolina, I should have probably said that, but kind of getting to go back home and kind of through that process, I um, was working with coaches, academic advisors, and they're like, hey, like we have a nutrition program at NC State. I'm like, okay, sweet. Like that's all I was kind of going for. Um, And what I didn't realize, and we can come back to this, was I was switching from a nutrition and dietetics program to a nutrition science program. So now I'm at NC State, loving it. It was the right place for me and starting to take more of a science intensive course load. Um, What I didn't realize is they didn't have those dietetics classes. So, Mm. but at the time it didn't really, you know, it didn't really phase me again, just really wanting to play soccer, enjoying like the chemistry and the biology and things like that. Um, Because I was doing like well academically, I started to get kind of pushed down that medical path. Um, I actually added the human biology major as well. So I was doing a nutrition science degree and a human biology degree and kind of was pushed towards like medical school. And I decided to be like an orthopedic surgeon because I love sports. Um, So kind of started to go down that path, um, still playing, still loving it. Um, And unfortunately, senior year, first game, tore my ACL. So Through this process, I also started to realize how important nutrition was for my recovery and um, that it wasn't just something that was delicious and something to enjoy with friends, but how it was really important in my recovery and my process and um, started to like look into the science of it. Um, I also met with my team dietitian, her Kate Calloway. She's at Ole Miss now, but she was at NC State when I was there and um, started to, you know, really start to kind of dive into it a little bit. Um, Again, like I was on the medical route, but I was like, I'll, you know, 
do orthopedic surgery. Then I'll like talk to my patients about nutrition, um, which doesn't always happen, but I had decided in my mind it was going to. So kind of fast forward 2014 is when I graduated. Um, and my boyfriend who is now my husband. So thank goodness that worked out because I decided to move across the country with him. Um, when I was 22, my poor mother was probably terrified. Um, sorry, mom, but I moved out to California to Orange County with him in 2014. Um, still on the medical route. I had taken the MCAT or I was studying for the MCAT, taken it. I had interviewed um, or had interview offers at a couple medical schools and kind of throughout like being in California, um, I started to realize like I, medical school wasn't necessarily the way and the right path for me. Um, when I moved out to California, I didn't have a car. I didn't have a job. I didn't know anybody. I had no family. I like didn't know anybody or anything. Um, I had never even been to California. Um, <laughs> so I had no idea what to expect. Um, so kind of also through like moving to California and being by myself. And like, this is the first year of me not really playing soccer. I started to realize like what my true interests were and how I wanted to be back into, you know, nutrition and be around sports again. Um, so I remember I called Kate from NC State and I was like, what do you do as a sports dietitian? Like, can I do this? And she was like, there's this thing called like the deregulation of feeding that just happened. God, and say. I was like, wait, what is this? She's like, you know, like there's like almost like, like there's a lot more money being funded into nutrition. And I was like, wait, you're telling me that like in college, like I, we would get bagels and we'd get bananas and we'd get nuts and we would have to <laughs> pound the nuts and the banana together to make a spread because you couldn't get any type of nut butter because then it was a meal. I don't know if you remember that. Well, I'm laughing because I've always only heard this from sports dietitians because I started after deregulation and I wasn't a student athlete, but I think it's hilarious hearing it from your end of like what it actually was like. It's amazing. I mean, yeah. horrifying, but funny. <laughs> I remember I was like, I told my husband, I was like, I should have played my last year. Like, what was I thinking? Like, they're getting fed now. Um, but I mean, NC State took really good care of us. Like we had training table and different things like that. Like even kind of before that, like they, we were always had our own little athlete dining hall and things like that. But just like, when, like just thinking about it just is funny. Um, but yeah, so Kate kind of like talked me through hey, there's going to be, you know, this new kind of career and exciting things are happening. Um, so I was like really gung-ho about like becoming a sports dietitian. Um, and then I was like, how the heck do I become a sports dietitian? Because I realized that I didn't have these like DPD credits that I needed yeah. to, to have like an internship. So I'm like Googling. I'm like, I this is way too hard. This is way too confusing. Like what's a DPD program versus a CPD program versus a master's and DPD. I was like, I need to like talk to somebody. So I called one of my friend's moms who was back in North Carolina and she was like, you need to get involved with your local dietetics association. And they might have some, somebody who can walk you through the process or connect you with local schools. So I'm again, like I'm Googling and this isn't the time, like there's no social media yet. I was going to say like social media. I was just thinking about that. Like it's blown up so much where you can find information, but back in 2014, 2015, it wasn't like, here's how you find this or like, there wasn't that type of information yet, which is really funny. And yeah. And there wasn't Uber, like <sighs> there wasn't any of that, like social, like none of that stuff. Like, I think I had like a flip phone or like a Blackberry or maybe I had an iPhone. I can't remember. I'm like totally dating myself here, but um, I remember like Googling and finding that the local Orange Dietetic Association had this like mentor program where you could reach out as a student and you could have a meeting with a dietitian to ask questions and things like that. So I remember I signed up for one and then a dietitian like reached out and was like, hey, like I'll meet you at like a Starbucks in like in Irvine, that's where I was living. And um, I was like, okay, sweet. But again, like, this is Uber, like no Uber. I didn't have a car. I was like, okay. <laughs> like, so 
I get on my bike the next week and I'm like dressed in sports clothes and I'm like, okay, fine. I'm going to bike to the Starbucks. There's a Ralph's, which is a grocery store, like right next to it. I'm like, I'll change into my work clothes and the Ralph's and I'll come out and I'll be like composed and I'll be ready to go. So if you've been to like any type of grocery store in LA, you know, it's like me trying to change into my work clothes, like next to this homeless guy who's like trying to take a shower. Oh, yeah, like, yes, yes. Like, I'm going to be a sports dietitian. I'm going to get there. Um, so anyways, I end up meeting with this local dietitian and she kind of provides a little bit of guidance and she actually connects me with another student whose name is Joey, who was local and he was like the volunteer coordinator for students like in the LA Orange County area. And about two weeks later, I actually get a call from Joey and he's like, hey, Riley, I'm a student, I'm at Cal State Long Beach and UCLA is looking for interns for their new fueling station. There's this some like defeating thing and like now they can provide this fueling station. And I'm like, this is it. I'm like, oh my gosh, the other people are doing what Kate's doing. Like they're doing it out here. So I ended up actually being like one of the first interns at UCLA like what five years ago I didn't realize you were I thought you were there after me but I get it now you were there before me okay I was there before oh, you yeah so funny okay yeah so I helped I remember like pulling the plastic off the counters and the Acosta fueling station um upstairs um because we had only the fueling station it was right next to the training room and I remember like we would just hand out like apples and then we started making smoothies up there. And I was working with a couple other students um, under Emily Mitchell. She was there at the time. Um, I was there and it kind of just like solidified, like this was the right place for me. Like I wanted to be in sports nutrition. Um, and so I decided to figure out like how to become a sports dietitian um, and how to get those DPD credits. Um, already had two bachelor's degrees, so it seemed silly to go back and get another one. Um, so I ended up applying for a couple like schools around Southern California. And I um, ended up going to San Diego State. They have a dual master's program with exercise science and nutrition science. And then I could take the DPD courses as part of, like as an additional add-on to the master's. Um, so I was there and that took me about, let's say like two and a half years. Um, wow. Yeah. So driving from Orange County to San Diego. Is... I was going to ask, you didn't live in San Diego, did you? No, I didn't. <laughs> um, so, whoa. yeah, I used to say like, I used to run around at practice for like an hour and a half in the morning so I could drive, drive for an hour and a half in the morning. Um, but yeah, so I was there living in Orange County and then going to San Diego State for about two and a half years. Um, and throughout that time, I did a variety of different things. I worked to help build a program down at San Diego State. Um, I was at various Team USA locations. There's one in Tula Vista. Mm -hmm. There's one in Anaheim. And then I also, fun fact, worked at Talkable Headquarters. Ooh. As a food and nutrition intern, they actually have two dietitians on staff. Um, that is cool. Yeah. So that was <laughs> fun. Um, but yeah, and then graduated from the master's program. Let's think December 2018. And I had applied to fall match, which is the much smaller match. Right. Um, so I matched with UNLV. I started there. Let's think January it must have been January 2018. So December 2017 is when I graduated. Um, started UNLV January 2018. Finished that internship August 2018. Um, and I actually started at Cal State Northridge as their dietitian um, about a week after I finished my dietetic internship. Um, was there for about a year as well. And then started at UCLA in August of 2019 and I've been there ever since. Wow. That's amazing. I think it's really cool because like to think like how long your story is like, what is that? Like six years after you graduated. But yeah. I think when people just like look at you on social media, like I think people forget about like how long, and I'm sure it went by fast, but like, it's really just incredible to think 
you know, all the times you could have been like, this is too much or like, oh, my degree at NC State only did this, but like you went after what you needed to do, you did each step. And then, you know, the timing of UCLA and, you know, deregulation and is it kind of, is it crazy? Like, do you still feel like really like humbled by like, you used to be an intern there, but you work there now? I feel like that has to cross your mind all the time. Yes. Um, it's like, it's honestly like I'm humbled by it every day. Um, and it's also crazy to think like five years ago for me to be like, like, you're going to be there one day. Like this is going to, you know, like that's something that's like a possibility. Um, so I think the biggest thing for me was there's so much turnover at UCLA. I mean, it's a great, a great school and it makes people into great professionals. So, you know, people want to get, people want to hire those professionals. Um, but the only, so there's, I mean, there's a lot of turnover, but the only person that, maybe not the only person, but the first person to recognize me was the janitor. He actually came up to me and goes, you were an intern here. And I was like, so humbled by that. Like, like I was like, sat in my office and I was like, Riley, do not cry, do not cry. But like, just like, sometimes like, we're so, I think caught up in like the rat race and the next steps and things like that, that we don't always, um, think about like our path and we're never like grateful for the steps that got us to where we are today it's amazing when when you applied to UNLV was there something that you felt like made you stand out when applying for the dietetic internship or just something that you know your it factor that was going to help you get in I do think I think it helped that I was strong academically um I I think that's always something that's really important for the dietetic internship. Um, but I also think it's the experience. Um, and they probably were super confused by my resume. I think it stood out because they were like, this girl like wants to do sports nutrition, but she works at Taco Bell. Like what? <laughs> um, but I think that like just having like unusual, like unusual and a, like a variety of experience. Um, I also practiced and was really prepared for the interview, which I think is also really important for um, our D2Bs who are applying, because I think that's also something that helps you stand out. Yes, that's a very good point. And first, just to talk about how you said, like all your different experiences, I think sometimes like people are like, oh, like my resume doesn't make sense because I had all these past experiences that didn't like you would think line up to being an RD. But like you were saying, that probably made you stand out. And there's things that you took from that Taco Bell experience or, you know, the Orange Dietetic Club or whatever that actually like made you unique versus thinking of, oh, this doesn't really make sense. So I think like that's just another helpful tip to like not disregard any experience you had because you might think it might not line up because it actually probably shares more, you know, value or something more in common than you think. But also the other thing that you were saying was being prepared and practice for the interviews. I cannot stress enough how important that is. I don't know what it is, or it's probably because you've never had interview experience before, but like, you can't wing it everyone. Like, I don't, like I've done it. So I'm telling you, like, don't wing it. Like you will not, like in, when you do that, like you find out quickly that it won't work and it's not a bad thing. It's your first one. So you learn that you can't do that. But yeah, I think being prepared and like practicing, like it's like a skill. Like you have to do those things. You can't just like think, oh, like, I like this program. Like, you have to really know, oh, how, why are you a good fit? What stands out about this program? Um, you know, what can you bring to the program? And things like that. So I think that's a point that shouldn't be forgotten, for sure. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And I think it's also really important to you to do research on the program, because programs want you to be passionate about going to their program. They don't want like, just like stock, you know, interview answers. They want to know why you want to go there and why you're also going to be at a value um, to their program. Um, because preceptors want people that, you know, that can help them and they can, that can add value um, to their program. Yes. No, I remember, I think the last question for my Pepperdine interview was like, why do you want to come to Pepperdine? And, oh, I had those answers. I mean, you <laughs> have to, right. But like, like you said, like they want you to be able to sell yourself because they want to want you to. So it's really actually not that hard if you, you know, put in the time to research and then hopefully they ask you that question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so during your dietetic internship, like was there something that you kind of learned about yourself 
during those, how long was yours? Was yours eight months or wasn't yours short actually? Why do I feel like? <laughs> it was 1200 hours. It was the shortest in- internship that you could get. It was, I would say seven months. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah. So really, how, many, really how many preceptors did you have during that time? Do you remember? So I, the way that UNLV works is that the, I believe it's a clinical or it's an MNT. I can't remember the exact terminology, but that's kind of the focus. Um, so the majority of my time was spent with one preceptor at a hospital. Um, but I worked with multiple dietitians, but I did my food service and I did my clinical rotations at one hospital. Um, yeah. yeah. So I spent a good amount of time there, which was actually really nice because I think you could probably speak to this as well, but when you're at a location every single day and you're building rapport with people, whether it's patients, whether it's, you know, food service staff, whether it's, you know, the cashier who's at the, yes. um, the food hall, like different <laughs> things like that, like that just adds a lot of value to your experience. Um, so that was really nice. Um, and then um, community, I went to a bunch of different places. I spent a little bit of time with Nicole Kylie, who's at UNLV. Um, I spent my elective week at an outpatient eating disorder facility. Um, I spent three weeks at a school, which was super fun. I like love working with, I think it was like second graders. So that was super fun. Um, But most of the time was spent with one preceptor at a hospital. Did you learn about your, like a lot about yourself during that time or any like life lessons? Yeah, I think it was a very like eye-opening experience for me. Um, I was always the person that had set my timeline and my path and I think with the dietetic internship um, it was a time when I really kind of started to take I guess a step back and look at my career and look at like kind of the steps in the timeline that I had um, set for myself. Um, I was going into my dietetic internship I was dead set on the only thing I wanted to do was sports nutrition the only jobs I wanted to have was going to be at um, in a college athletic department or if it was going to be at a pro or maybe at a private practice facility like that was the only thing I was going to do and I think with a dietetic internship it really opened my eyes to the other areas of nutrition and how everything that I was doing at the dietetic internship, even if it wasn't in a sports related environment was going to make me a better sports dietitian. If I like applied myself and I like did the best I could. Um, That's really helpful because it's interesting. Cause when I found out about sports nutrition, I was already in my internship, but I do think there's so many sports already to bees that are, they already know what they want to do. And I don't blame anyone for being like, I want to be a sports dietitian, but then you have to like go through this internship and you might feel like, Oh, like, this might be a burden or it might, you might go into it like that, but yeah, like every rotation, like you definitely take something away and not like, Oh, you definitely need to pay attention, but like you do, because, you know, going into it with an open mind, it's like, how can you use that, you know, to become a sports dietitian? It's not like, you know, don't pay attention. Cause this isn't what you want to do. And you probably enjoy it more if you like stayed more curious about it. That's yeah. Um, I was actually thinking about, I, I just remembered I had like nine preceptors during my internship because a had, lot. is it a lot? I know. I don't know. what. Maybe. I, I don't know any difference, but that sounds like it is. no internship. Every internship's different, but yeah, I think I had like at least eight to nine and some rotations weren't super long. Like one was, um, I don't know, like a week or so, but like, I feel like your DI is really helpful, obviously becoming an RD in general, because that's the first time where you get feedback from your preceptors. At least for me, I got nine different evaluations. And so that's the first time professionally, I would say that you actually get feedback on like your strengths, your weaknesses, and you can really kind of like understand how you want to be a dietitian after you kind of leave. So yeah, it's interesting. Cause I like how you got to spend more time at your rotations. And then for me, it's like, I maybe didn't spend as much time, but I like found out about like my strengths, and my weaknesses pretty quickly, um, yeah. which is cool. All right. So you're at You've been at UCLA for how long now? About a year and a half. Wow. Has it gone by fast? Yes. <laughs> so fast. And you've um, been a dietitian for how long? So I've been a dietitian. So I've been a dietitian since September of 2018. So 2018. it's been two years. Okay. So you were at Cal Northridge and then UCLA. So I was actually hired at Cal State Northridge 
during my dietetic internship. I actually got hired in June and they said that they would wait for me to finish, which they're amazing people. Um, Hey, you weren't wrong. You knew you wanted to be a sports dietitian anyways during your internship. (laughs) Well, I had actually, it's just, I think I always talk to my husband about this, but just, I feel like everything had um, like happens for a reason. Um, I was really, when I first started the internship, like I told you, I was like really gung ho about, I want to do sports nutrition. I would not take anything else as an option. And then through that process, I was applying for SNP and I was applying for like literally any sports nutrition job. And I started to realize like, I don't need to be a sports, like I'm going to be a sports dietitian. Maybe it's not going to happen in the next six months, but kind of going back to what I talked about where like, if I go and get an outpatient job or a clinical job, like I'm going to be making myself a better dietitian. So when that time arises where that sports nutrition option is available, like I'll be ready for it. And so I had actually just come to peace with working in a different, you know, different space. And then like that job popped up and my, somebody from San Diego state was like, Hey, there's a job at Cal state Northridge. Like, are you interested? And I was like, sign me up. (laughs) Um, So it just kind of ironic that I was like at peace with it. And then it like popped up. So everything happens for a reason. Anything that you've learned about yourself being a dietitian for only two years up until this point? Yeah. Um, I think it's really important to, I think we put a lot of our pressure on ourselves that we feel like we have to know everything all the time and we have to be doing all the things all the time. And that's a really easy way to burn yourself out. Um, and that's probably something that I've kind of gone through over the last couple of years where I used to feel like I had to know everything and be able to provide solutions like right then and there. But what I've really learned is like, you don't necessarily have to have the answer then, but you have to figure out and you have to know how to get the answer. So you might ha- not have the answer for an athlete, but you'll maybe can have it like a day later, or you can talk to somebody on the athletic performance staff, or you can talk to somebody in sports medicine and you can get that answer for them. Um, I think sometimes we try to do too many things, or at least I do, like speaking for myself, um, and that can kind of just wear you a little thin. Yes, definitely ask for help. But I know you mean, I think sometimes you're like, because you're in a situation for the first time, you're like, yeah, I know this. And like, this is what you can do. And you're like, whoa. And then maybe it like, I don't want to say it backfires, but you're like, oh, I should have taken steps two and three because step four would have made more sense or, you know, the outcome. That's a good one. I think Rob Skinner talked about it on the podcast that he was on, but like under promise and over deliver always, always, always. I agree. Do you have any tips for dietitians that want to be more confident in their work as an early sports RD? Yeah, I think definitely have an open mind, um, have an open mind to different opportunities as well as like different ways that people think. Um, I think that's really, really important because sometimes we, expect that like we're the nutrition expert we got this like everybody else is you know wrong or the way that I do it is the right way and I think having an open mind is really important um and I also think it's really important to not be afraid to make mistakes because we all do it um and not like you're going to make mistakes but the most important thing is that you learn from them as like cheesy as that sounds um but like that's how you gain confidence is, and that's how you learn is you make mistakes and you do it better the next time. Yeah, no, I agree. It's like so weird. Cause it's like, wait, I don't want to fail. I don't want to embarrass myself, but like the more times you do it and the faster you do it, the more confidence you're going to gain quicker, which is pretty cool outcome. Yeah. All right. Now let's talk about your social media. Cause I feel like that's kind of like <laughs> everyone's really waiting for, but, um, I mean, your social media is just it's just like so on point. I laugh because sometimes I'll be on like Instagram and it'll be like five top things that like carbs are good for you. And I'm just like, Riley did it again. But it's so funny because I <laughs> feel like you. you say like what everyone's thinking or like you have that thought obviously of like the athlete or, you know, the dietitian, you just kind of like say it. Um, how do you come up with them? Like, how does it, what's the magic behind what you do? Because it's, it's amazing and it's super helpful for athletes and dietitians to help, you know, get our message across as well. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate those kind words. Um, I think it's a lot of practice. And something that I started doing is 
I'll have the same conversation. Like I'll talk about how carbs are good for you, like four consults in a row. And I'm like, if this, if these four athletes are thinking it, there has to be other athletes out there who are thinking the same thing. Um, so I've actually been doing social media for a while. I think I started about four years ago and I started just like posting pictures of my food because everybody asks you like, what should I eat? Um, and then when I started at Cal State Northridge and I started, you know, actually like practicing as a dietitian, um, I just started creating a lot of content and just kind of what I was telling athletes. Um, so I don't think it has to be, you know, fancy when it comes to social media. Um, some of the posts that do the best are like literally just type on a white background, but it's, it's just because it's what people want to hear. And um, hopefully it resonates with them. I love the one where you were like, carbs make you fat, but it was like the type, the one where you like, type well. <laughs> and I, was like I was like, why would Riley say that? And then I was like, <laughs> and it was obviously like the type, it was like fast, you added the S, but that, that was just so clever. And I just feel like uh, people must've been dying, right? Cause people must've not like seen the whole thing. And they're like, what? Well, sometimes I get a little stressed. I'm like, oh if God. someone doesn't read this or like someone just looks at the frozen thing, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going to think I said that, but everybody seemed to get it. So I oh, felt okay with that one. Okay. I have to know what, what is it like to be on camera? Like so often, like, are you just used to it by now? Because I feel like I'd be so tired, but like you always like put together and like, I just couldn't do <laughs> That's why this is a podcast everywhere. <laughs> Good. Yeah. You don't need to see me right now. Um, so I actually started getting on camera because I was nervous about getting in front of my athletes. And that's so cool. Thanks. Um, I would get nervous about talking about nutrition and sometimes I would get a little like tongue tied. So I was like, if I can get on camera and I can explain something in 15 seconds, this will help me when I'm explaining things to an athlete. So it wasn't the easiest thing to get started. The amount of times I would like record and delete, I was like, I just have to just record it. Sometimes like I even mess up on words. The other day I like combined emotional and mental eating and called it like emotional eating or something like that. And I was like, it's staying in there. Like I'm just going with it. Um, because I think that's also what people want to see is just like, they want to relate with you. Yeah. Um, so I started doing that like as just an easy way to like, get over speaking. And then my husband just like, was talking about it the other day and he was like you used to be so nervous and now you just like whip that thing out and he'll be like I think you're talking to me and you're just like talking to your phone um so I so think it's, again it's just like practice so it has helped right I mean I it definitely probably has helped right like with yeah I think so I mean also for some reason athletes like listen to me more on my phone than they do like in person so <laughs> that's amazing that's so funny <laughs> what advice do you have for like anyone that has a social media account that like wants to build a following like was it something you were trying to do from the beginning or was it something you realized wow like I really have a niche that I can you know really focus on yeah I actually think that everybody that's educated in nutrition should be on social media um because there's a lot of people who are not educated about nutrition on social media so I think that everybody should you know be on there should be sharing their knowledge um, I think you have to get clear with what the purpose of your social media is. Um, I'm somebody, I don't do brand deals. I don't do anything like that. Um, I have like an educational platform and then I work with athletes like one-on-one, -on -one, like in my LLC, like separate, like a separate company. Um, so I think you have to get really clear on like what the purpose is, um, for that. Um, and you have to also think about like what resonates with your athlete or like what resonates with you. Um, I always talk to my interns about this and I'm like in a counseling session, we're like, as dietitians, we're like, let's add like a color to your plate. Like, can you add a vegetable? Like simple goals, right? Like smart goals. And then you go on Instagram and you want to talk about the Krebs cycle in an Instagram post. And look, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that doesn't resonate. So it's, thinking about like what you want to see right like what do you stop on when you scroll like what do you you think your athletes are gonna you know stop on they're not gonna you're not gonna stop on a post that has a ton of words in it or has all this you know information um I think it's also really important to niche um I think if you talk to any type of like business coach or something that they'll say that um but I also think it's really important 
as a nutrition professional, because I think you have about like 0.3 or 0.5 seconds of attention on like an Instagram post. Um, so you can't do that much education on it. So niching is really, really important because then you can target your specific athlete. Um, Sorry, I'm laughing because I'm thinking of like, you only have three seconds to write carbs make you fat. And <laughs> 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 you got my attention. <laughs> so like, yeah, but see, like it gets your, yeah, yeah. Right? it got your attention. It, it got my attention. And yeah, so the thing is, is like, with like niching, it just helps provide a better experience for the athlete because I've niched down to like soccer players and like female soccer players, because before I was just doing female athletes. But as we know, the carb needs for a female, you know, beach volleyball player versus a soccer player versus a gymnast is all going to be different. And it's almost like doing a disservice to an athlete by telling them female athletes need four to six grams of carbohydrates per kilogram of body weight. Right. No, that makes sense. Anything people like wouldn't know about your social media that you think not like it's important to know, but just something like a, I don't know, behind the scenes. I don't think people realize how much time it takes. <laughs> I feel like I do. I feel like I'm like, how does she do that? I mean, all your um, comments on like the fueling Mondays, like that's a lot of effort. It's I actually see been, I see what? you. I see you. <laughs> I appreciate you. Liz. like, I appreciate you. <laughs> I need to get off Instagram. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> I like, I appreciate your support. <laughs> um, I, yeah, it's, it's just a great way to like continue, you know, to help athletes. I mean, it's, it's not easy, especially like with a full-time job and, um, private practice, but I mean, you'll get like, you'll get little comments and you'll get little DMs from people who are like, you helped me like overcome this or things like this. And you're like, okay, I'll keep going. Yeah. Rewarding. That's cool. Well, it's a good segue into the next um, question. So how do you balance, you know, a full-time job and then, you know, working with athletes one-on-one social media, anything else you do? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not easy. Like I'm not going to sit here and lie and say like, I have all this time and I have everything like put together. It's, it's not. And I think a lot of the time on social media, it, it, can look like that um but it is it is challenging um and it does take a little bit of practice and some days you're going to be really overwhelmed um but really focusing and like figuring out what works for you um time blocking is huge for me I know that's another buzzword but you know blocking time um figuring out like what your strengths are um in both you know college setting private practice social media and then looking for help and your weaknesses. Um, so I'm a big picture thinker. Um, that's like my role, like in private practice and at UCLA, like I have a big picture mindset. Um, so finding interns that at least with private practice that can help me with the day to day. So my interns, if they're listening are probably laughing at me because I'm horrible at sending out like weekly emails. And they're always like, Riley, like you need to send out your weekly email because like, that's just not something that's a strength for me. Um, but I've been able to, you know, have them help me. Um, so they're like reminding me or like have the emails ready to go or things like that. So just really focusing on like figuring out like what your strengths are and not being scared to help with your weaknesses. That's cool. That's good perspective. What is the most unexpected yet rewarding part of your career up until this point? I think it's a tie between like helping the interns grow and then also I think maybe and also helping the athletes grow. I think it's um it's just really rewarding and like eye-opening when you are working with a group of athletes that you feel like you're trying really hard but maybe you're not getting like verbal appraisal or you feel like you're seeing verbal changes um or like big changes but then the maybe they'll send you like a little dm and be like hey you really helped me and you're like i never even did a one-on-one with you like just (laughs) yeah but they're like oh but like just you being around like made me remember like to eat a vegetable or something like that um that's very rewarding um 
like sometimes I'm like you guys are gonna make me cry like I cry like all the time um and then I also think the interns like just they're so amazing and at UCLA and in private practice I just get the best interns and I I'm just so thankful for them um I was just like joking with somebody at work where I'm like I will assign an intern a topic or a project and I'm like I know exactly how I want you to do this like you're gonna do it like this 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 and this and they do it completely different like completely different but they do it a hundred times better than I would have ever done it and I'm just like you guys are so awesome you're so awesome (laughs) yeah shout out to the interns I know I like every other week my interns have put together like um, PowerPoint presentations on different topics and like every single PowerPoint just like blew me away. Like, I don't even know. I, and I'm like, I would say like, not good at PowerPoint, but like, I'm, I can make a nice presentation, but like, these were so much better. And I was just like, so impressed. Cause it's not something that you're like, hope they make a really nice pre-. you know, like it's not, but they do. And they put the time in. So I think if you're an intern, just know that like, we see you like you, you know, we're grateful for you. And, um, you know, any little task that can help, like Riley was saying, like your big picture, it, it's so helpful because the big picture doesn't come to life unless like the little things are, are done. So yeah, that's cool. All right. Ready for the rapid fire round? Oh gosh. Yeah. Here we go. Okay. Favorite and least favorite jelly bean flavor. It's kind of hard. It's okay. If you don't know the name of like, I haven't had a jelly bean in forever. Um, (laughs) <laughs> I don't even know the flavors. I always like like a strawberry or like a fruity jelly bean. Got it. Okay. And I'm always terrified I'm going to get the booger jelly bean. So maybe that's my least favorite one. I didn't even know that was one. You didn't know that? No, yeah, there's, there's like a booger. Oh, that one. That one. There you go. That's a bad one. Like you want popcorn and candy combined. <laughs> okay. What was your screen name growing up? Is it AIM or AIM? I don't know why I don't remember this. Is AIM? I don't know. Wait. That should be a rapid fire question. AIM or AIM? Don't make fun of me for saying it. I don't know where I was talking about. They were like, it's not AIM. AIM. I called it AIM. It's AIM then. Okay. Not AIM. Yeah. Okay. Brown eyed girl because my eyes are brown. And my last name used to be Brown before I got married. That's so funny. I feel like that was such a typical like type of like. It had the um the capital and lowercase letters like in between two. Okay, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Um, mine was Bazooka Waluka 23. I love it. <laughs> All right. Go to salad dressing for like, just like a salad at home. I love, there's a Trader Joe's, um, like miso. The ginger one? Yes. That one. I love that one. Mm-hmm. I love that. And having it, I don't know why, but I do like that with like an avocado and it's a, like a carrot and spinach and tomato. Wait, that sounds so good. Yeah. All right, most helpful social media tip? Show your face. Get your face on the camera. Don't make me do this. <laughs> you've got this. I'm going to go on your social media after this and make sure that you've talked into the camera. But okay, this is this is why. I guess I'm not, I guess I just like, I'm not like afraid. I feel like it's not my thing. Is that, like, I'm. that's not like my role, but like, is it? Like, <laughs> Well, this is what I always say is like, okay, <laughs> you're not going to get like a counseling, but like, what's the first thing that you want to do with an athlete before, when they come to your office? Maybe if you don't know them before. Get to know them. Exactly. You want to build rapport. So people can't build rapport with you on social media unless they see you. So when you're on there and you're sharing, right? Like, what did you tell me? You were like, I feel like I know you. Yeah. Cool. So talking and then doing Q and A's and like getting them to ask questions and then you answering their question, like that builds a relationship. So now I feel like I'm like daring myself to like on your week <laughs> it comes out, I'm going to have to go on camera. I'm not really afraid, but I just feel like I haven't been on. So it's like, where did she just come from? But no one cares. I just, it's funny. I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves <laughs> with social media. But also if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. Podcasting is your thing, right? <laughs> right? Last question, are you ready? Ready. If you could tell your younger Artie self one thing, what would you say? 
I would tell myself to be patient because everything is going to be okay. I used to, I think I talked a little bit about this, but I used to just have this timeline and I used to put all this pressure on myself. And when I was younger, I felt like I needed to be 24 and I needed to be the director of a collegiate performance, you know, team. I needed to be like, also like I should have a pro team that I'm consulting with. I should have my own private practice. And now like looking back at that, like I know I was never ready for that because that's impossible. Um, And I think I just put so much pressure on myself and had this like imaginary timeline that I just really stressed myself out. And I sometimes wasn't enjoying the journey. So just telling myself to be patient. Yeah, that's amazing. Definitely stay patient. And I think during this time, it's, it's difficult in the sense with COVID, it's, it makes it a little bit harder, but also like the every day, like you were saying, like, just enjoy, like, what rotation are you in in your internship? Or what class are you taking? Because that next step of like, you know, you can have that path, like you were saying, but like, no need to get so worked up about like, step three, when you haven't even finished step one. And, you know, really just like enjoying those steps and especially during this time like taking your time like there is no rush like the world is actually physically not in a rush right now so maybe it's a good excuse to like take your time Enjoy yeah it. exactly well riley thanks so much for your time today and riley where can everyone find you on social media yeah so i'm on instagram um at riley.baby.rd awesome everyone go follow her you're probably already following her but If you're not, you're missing out. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Have a good one. You too. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on Sports Artie Snippets. I hope you found our conversation helpful today. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. Share the podcast or tell another sports RD to be or sports dietitian about it. If you can rate and review the podcast, it really helps the show and is much appreciated. Remember to follow along on Instagram at Sports RD Snippets to see what Sports RD guest is featured each week. I'm super excited to bring on my upcoming guests, so stay tuned. I'm Liz Waluka, and thanks so much for listening.